Okay, then good evening, everybody, and welcome to Kingdom 101 School of Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. We are here at Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. And I am Pastor Lindsay Lee, and I'm privileged to be the host for tonight. So we're going to do some things. I guess I'll give you the address first and the rest of the contact information, and then we'll move into prayer. And then we're going to move into a really great conversation, really terrific dialogue. Our street address is 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131. And our telephone number is 408-945-4439. If you wanted to reach us on the web, you could do so at www.astoundinglove.org. We have two buttons on there that I really invite you to pay attention to. The first one is says contact us. So even throughout the broadcast, if you have prayer requests or questions or anything that you want to know, and I'm, I'm, uh, that opens up a conversation about Jesus or how you can be even freer in your walk, then please feel free to click on that button and, and contact us. The other button that is important, I think, is the one that says donate. And we invite you to be a part of the giving process that we do here and to participate and to even help to grow the work that God is doing through this ministry and more than enough ministries. So let's pray and have conversation. Father, we bless the name of Jesus. It is the name that has been given to us that is above every other name. And we thank you that you are our Father. We thank you that Jesus is our brother and that Holy Spirit is our governor and is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. We thank you that we are your beloved and that your banner over us is love. We thank you that you always have a word in season for us and that in a time of great turmoil, apparently in the country, that we have the word that solves so many situations. It solves everything, but that we can speak the word of God and see the changes that you bring about in the lives of your mankind. I thank you for our apostle, Dr. Baker. We thank you for the groundbreaking messages that you grant her that shift atmospheres and cause elevation and expansion in this ministry, and that we are in the flow of that, that it starts in a trickle, but then it becomes a steady flow, and it will flood the, flood the land, flood the atmosphere. We bless you, and thank you for her. Thank you for her, her integrity, and thank you, Father, for her willingness to lay down her life for others. We thank you that that's the same spirit that is over this ministry, that that is the hallmark to walk in obedience before you, to walk in integrity, to walk in a manner that is pleasing to God, and that we're not seekers of uh, men-pleasers, but we are seekers of your kingdom. And what we look for, we find. We thank you for our ears being open to hear, eyes being open to see, and hearts being open with a readiness to receive what the Spirit of the Lord says to us tonight. And I place myself in a position of availability as a student of you, Holy Spirit, to hear what it is that you want to convey and then to be a vessel of honor to be able to say what you want, what, what you've said. And so we thank you for this great adventure and continuation of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thank you to those that are here in-house and then for those of you that are joining us via the various forms of media. And I'm going to open it up tonight to uh, for questions. 
and find out if anyone has questions, whether it pertains to the homework, which is the book project, uh, questions for anything else that we covered last week, or questions that have to do with uh, Sunday's Biblical Solutions for Life since we left on the homework and we haven't had that part yet. So if you have questions, uh, and they are going to come by media, Diana Cardaway is the uh, co-producer along with Minister Alfred Walthall, uh, who are uh, doing our commentating, I guess you could say, or you, you, they, they, they got charged with this. So you can go ahead and feel free to text Diana or to text Nicole Brown, and they will be able to respond to you. Okay, that takes care. Is that everything? Did I cover all the stuff? Mm -hmm. All right, good. <laughs> all right, so, um, like I said, questions. Anybody have questions with regard to last week in our conversation about your book or your homework? If you're doing the book, that is. Uh, questions about Kingdom 101. Questions about the culture of the kingdom of God and the power of a changed life. Because if you don't have questions, I will ask you questions. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me see. What do I want to talk about? You know, we are transitioning from Kingdom 101 into uh, Kingdom Life. Really what it is is a, co a combination of what we've been talking about and then what we're talking about in the, the 9.45 a.m. session of Biblical Solutions for Life. And then what's happening is that that's going to... Um, in October, well, this is October, at the end of this month and going into November, we're going to begin to talk about what I'm referring to as Kingdom 202, which is Supernatural Realities. And yes, there's a book that's going to come out with that exact title. But um, because that's where, when we, uh, when we align ourselves with the culture of the Kingdom of God, and when we align ourselves with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you know, on Sundays we talk about being kingdom game changers. And that's something that Dr. Baker has really laid out a foundation for. And so now I get to come along and teach um, from the, the, that which has already been laid. But when we talk about things like that, it can sound, it, it sounds, oh, I don't know. It, different people have different ideas of it's lofty or it, it's, uh, it can be, it could be, uh, easy to do or difficult to do or all these other kinds of different things. I don't, I don't really know. But one of the things is, is that it's not just talk. When we discuss, when we, when we teach about the kingdom, we don't teach about the kingdom so that people can learn about the kingdom and then have heads that are filled with knowledge about the kingdom and pass a test. You know, if, if you were going to take a written test, and we don't even give, it, give this out so that you can write a book about the kingdom, though we want you to. What we talk about these things for is because this is our life. And when you get the idea that we're called to something, you understand that your choices in the matter are different. Because... A calling, the scripture talks about making your calling and your election sure. A calling is a commissioning. 
and it, and, and, and it calls for an equipping. And the reason that we, uh, it calls for all that is because God has a plan and has things that he wants to do. And we are the vessels that he wants to do it through. There's a lot of stupid things out there people say about God. And I, I think it's stupid because it's, it's um, ignorant. It's lacking understanding. And that's what the word stupid really means is dull of understanding. It doesn't mean that you can't understand. It means that you don't have the understanding. And that, that's something that we need. And so that when we, when we get it, then we're able to walk in, let me see, walk in something that is greater. I want to find this scripture. There's a, a couple of different, there's, there's 24 scriptures in the Bible where the, where the word calling is, is listed. And the one that we are going to look at is 2 Peter 1.10, where he says, um, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Now, if you go up and you look at some of these other things, he says, he's telling us to add the virtues. So you can look at Second Peter uh, verse 3. And he said that this is how his divine power has given unto us all things unto life and godliness. That by itself is such a rich treasure of words <laughs> that you, you're already starting to catch the idea that everything that you need, God equips you with. He says, everything that goes into a life, this is the message translation, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, the best invitation we ever received. The Spirit himself draws us. So when he gives us the insights into his kingdom, again, it's not just to know. But it's to walk in the knowing. It's yes. to walk in the intimacy of the knowledge that we have, the relationship. It's kind of like, I mean, let's consider, because there's a, a lot of talk about marriage in our house nowadays. And can you imagine any of these men, these strapping men that we have uh, that are uh, waiting for their wives or, or to cross paths with their wives or the strapping husbands of these women, I like that word strapping. Anyway, um, well, you don't want me to say broken down, right? No. Strapping's good. <laughs> I like it too. But can you imagine any of these lovely people coming together in marriage and then one or both of them saying, okay, good, we're married. We've got each other's name. That's great. And then let's go live our separate lives. Let's not get to know each other. Let's not become intimately acquainted on any level. Let's just shake hands and go our, our separate ways. And you live your life, and I live mine. We can even live in the same house, but we won't live together. Okay. Um, the marriage, the vow, the covenant that, that brought the two together, was with the intention that the two become one. And that they begin to get to know each other. That iron sharpens iron. So even the irritations, that's what friendships help to prepare you for. Okay, I, I am to anybody that calls me friend, I'm an irritant as much as I'm a joy or a blessing. 
because I'll, I have a tendency to say certain things that just, you know, we're just kicking it along fine. And then I have to go and say something that um, messes things up because it almost sounds like I'm finding fault with them. And uh, it's not. Or they do the same thing to me. You know, we're not finding fault. We're identifying darkness. And we're saying we got to get rid of that. But at the time, darkness kind of seems to want to take the lead and uh, get offended and, you know, all of these types of things. But the friendships prepare you in many ways for everything else that you do in life. And, 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 and in the different type of intimacy, the friendship in the marriage, because there should be a friendship in the marriage. I don't, I personally, I don't think that's just a personal thought. That's what I'm saying, because we're the body of Christ and we're the bride of Christ and we're his friend. And friend is really, when you start reading about friendship, friendship is a covenant relationship. And so you've got that covenant compounded with another covenant. So here's that marital covenant. So that's that intimacy and become, that's the one flesh intimacy. Which means that each side is supposed to get to know the other. The Bible tells a, a, a husband, uh, you know, to know his wife and learn her and, and so forth. And she's also supposed to do the same thing. When you read Proverbs 31, it basically says she knows the person she's married to. That's why she can get up and do the things that she does. And she understands that these contribute to her husband and her, the children rising up and calling her blessed. And the husband is known in the city, the gates of the city. That's a very strong relationship because it also to me says they're taking care of business at home and home life has the priority that it has people go well what's supposed to come first isn't god supposed to come first isn't this supposed to come first it's like if you put everything in the right priority or, or establish the priority everything gets its opportunity to come first and nothing is neglected it is a mystery but that's what happens. But it, it, it really makes sense. It's like, do you have scripture for that? Of course we do. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his right way of doing things. And then everything will fall into line. But that's that intimacy. So I, I, I said that marriage was that other little path we went through. But what he says here is his divine power is given unto us all things that are unto life and godliness. And it comes through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. And that word knowledge, epinosis, means that you recognize that you uh, are, have precise and correct knowledge. Precise and correct knowledge does not come from sitting in a class taking copious notes. It comes from being in the water with them. It comes from being in that relationship with him and being exposed to his heart. And then having the, the light of his heart shine on any area of darkness on the inside of us and the changes that take place. Because his light, you know, that photosynthesis changes the, the interior of us. And it, it causes us to not only change, but want to be changed even more. You know, the thing about God is he makes you more beautiful. Anybody that's really serving God, they don't look jacked up. They look more beautiful with every passing day, male, female. They look, they look younger. They, we look, uh, we look stronger. We look healthier. They say, "Well, what about people that are that are sick or something and, and all that?" Let's let's keep it here, and then we can address sickness and disease. It's because there's power on the inside of a person that if he or she chooses to tap into it, that. 
the same transformation I'm talking about, the word has transforming power. You cannot actually uh, 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 attach or connect to the word of God by faith and not have the word of God change the situation. Now, you can speak the word and read the word and be boring about the word and not believe the word. And to be truthful, there's still a level of power that you've released, even when you don't have faith. Because the word of God, God has faith in his own word. But the most powerful thing is to be in that knowing intimacy with him and to know that what he says is precisely what he means or meant because he said it. And he doesn't have to say it again. And to understand that you and I, we were born to connect to that and to release it into this earth so that it continues to increase in prominence all over the place. The only situation that I see where even with the turmoil in the government right now, that's a lot of negative words. But we have the words that, that to speak that will change this. And I know that that will happen because in God, when he has established what his will is, it's already done. We speak from not, oh, please, God, let it happen from you said. And so we decree, we declare what you said. So we speak by faith. What is faith? Established truth. He already said it. And so my faith comes from what he said, not what I'm hoping he'll say. But hope is the joyous expectation that what he said is, is manifesting right here. Do you understand? So there's, there's a difference. And I have to keep saying that over and over again. And I have my daughter send me something. We were talking about this last night, but I'm, I want to work through the meaning, get all the scriptures together and build it. It'll be a really cute slide you'll see on Sunday. But uh, this is what it is, why we teach, not for the sake of telling people come out on a Wednesday and sit in a room and watch me. That is not why we do this. We don't do that for Tuesdays. We don't do that. Dr. Baker does that for Tuesdays. And we don't do that for Sundays. But we do it because this word and the relationship with the writer, the original originator of this word, changes us and changes everything else and you get to a place where you stop asking people would you please pray for this would you please pray for this would you please pray for this and we start commanding and we begin to release what is being said it's not that we won't come into agreement with each other because two are better than one and we're two or more gathered together he's in the midst of that and we get some compounded major demonic takedowns that are happening in, in those type of things but again, his divine power, this is 2 Peter 1.3. And he says, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory. Called us to glory. What glory? Well, you know, the doxa or the glory, the honor, the word the is already on the inside of us. The dignity, the, the honor, the ability to, to appreciate him or to apply his opinions and his judgments and his point of view. Because that's part of what it is calling you to my the my way of seeing things is what the Lord is saying. I want you to see from my from how I think. I want you to 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 understand my judgment, to view it through the way that I judge it. Judge judgment is not a negative. It's a decision based upon the information or the pleas or whatever it is that's going on. It's a release of authority. 
And that's what he's talking about. See, the world says, you're judging me. Well, the judging that they're talking about is not the judging God is talking about. And what I think it's time for us to really understand is that you've got two totally different sets of vocabulary. You've got the same words, but they don't have the same meanings. Their idea of power is not God's. Their idea of, you know, uh, authority is not God's. Their idea of freedom is not God's. You understand? So when we say things, they say, oh, yeah, what what the world says, what we also used to say, which is why we have to say to ourselves, hey, I'm not speaking that language. We may use the exact same words, but my words don't have the same meaning that they used to have. The expectations. The world says, oh, I hope so. That's not. God's I hope so in the world means I don't see I don't see I don't see nothing but I hope I hope it works keep hope alive cross your fingers cross your eyes dot your T's right that's what they mean by hope keep your fingers crossed and think good thoughts what what are good thoughts see because that's what they say think we'll we'll think good thoughts will you now and what will those do If you don't speak them, in our language, the kingdom language, think on these things. Yeah, think good. Whatsoever things are good, true, of good report, Mm -hmm. think on these things. And then open your mouth and say those things. Because, oh, I'm thinking good thoughts, I'm thinking good thoughts, I'm thinking good thoughts, but you know it's all going to just go to hell in a handbasket anyway. Well, first of all, I don't know of any handbasket that is routed for hell. See, but the demons like those cute little phrases, but I don't speak for demons. Yeah, that goes over really big in a lot of places. <laughs> it's true. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, it's what we, so so the language is different, but how how how, how do you know what's right? Because this word means more to us than just, well, I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading my Bible. No, I'm talking to the Spirit of the Lord, and he's talking to me. He's looking at me through the mirror of this word, and where I don't reflect him, we're showing the light intensifies to eliminate the darkness. That anything that's Opposite him, anything that's, you know, but you got to be open to it. We really have to be. Verse 2 or 4 in 2 Peter 1, he says, Whereby are given unto us great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In uh, Mr. Peterson's uh, translation, he said, verse 4, we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. And then in the Passion Translation, he said, um, as a result of this, he is giving you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So what did that tell me? You know, when people tell me they're struggling, I struggle with this, I struggle with this addiction, I struggle with that. It's like, 
you're struggling because the, you're not in partnership with the divine nature of God. You're struggling because you're doing this apart from God. You're struggling. I don't know why you're struggling. I guess you want to, but you don't have to. Or maybe nobody told you that you don't have to struggle. You can surrender. And then there is no struggle. We have the, the word of God tells us, I'm going to expose the darkness. This here is the reason, you know, in Haggai chapter uh, one, believe it is, he says, consider your ways. Because you, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself because this is Sunday, but um, he said to you, you sow a lot, but you don't get much. And you, you know, you do this and basically what he's saying is all your acts of so-called faith are not working. Now, why is that? And then he goes on to tell him, um, consider your ways. Now, we think in the sin conscious mind that he just, you know, consider your ways. You little messed up. You know, turkey. Maggot? No. Yeah, maggots. Did you say maggot? I That's did. Good. You little maggot. That's I'll be using that. That was attributed for the first time to Nicole Brown. That's a good one. I like that. Okay. But that's what we think. But that's not what he's saying. Maggots, by the way, as you know, come from flies. Gross. It might come from flies. So, um, no. Yeah. Understand? We got a comment. It's actually a question. Maybe it's a question and a comment, but it, it's, and I don't know if this is the right time, but going back to what you originally started out with um, about our lives and how we live them in conjunction with Holy Spirit, I think, first of all, that we have everything on the inside of us, but there's something specific that you said, and what I thought about is, as believers, I mean... I notice that sometimes we compartmentalize our lives mm -hmm. and the people that I'm around sometimes it's like, okay, if we are basically what you just said, if we're, we have Holy Spirit on the inside of us, he's given us everything. We're aware if we're open to it, we're aware of, of obviously when we sin, we're aware of when we do things that are not right. And if we're open, Holy Spirit convicts us. Okay. Then we have a decision to make about what we do about that. We correct the behavior or whatever. But if you, so maybe my question is, how can you continue in a compartmentalized life on one hand, acting and speaking as if you're so powerful as a believer, but then you act in a completely different way in the way that you treat people, in the way that you are, in the things that you say, even right after a service is over and it's consistent. So my question is, What's going on there? I mean, what's up? So, and, and I'm, I'm not saying this from a standpoint of I don't have my own issues, but the issues that I have, I'm aware of them. At least I believe I am. And, um, and I know when the, when, 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 the, when the Lord is knocking on my door to say, you need to change this. And even if I'm struggling with it, I need to, I, I'm, I can fess up to it and say, I know that I'm dealing with this issue and I'm, and Lord, I want your help to correct it. And he, and he does, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's different than being con convicted of sin and living a completely compartmentalized life where you just go on as if 
Okay. You know, I don't want to use the word happy-go-lucky, but do, 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 do. everything's great, but this is how I live my life. I guess I'm asking, how, how does that work? And how does that line up with, how does that reflect okay. what you're we talking really about? We really are going to talk about this on Sunday. But oh. there's a scripture. It's, it's okay. It's a great question. Uh, the, the easy short answer, or short answer, is that, you're, first of all, you're not authentic. That there are, that Christianity, religion, what have you, is a smorgasbord, and I'll take the parts that I like. It's an unsurrendered life where Jesus is actually not your Lord. He's not the only. And so therefore, he, in, in, in what he says, we feel that we get a vote and that our vote is greater than his, desi than his desire. So you can say, I'm a church person and I, I, like, I love God and I read the Bible, but I'm not a part of, I'm not aligned with the body of Yeshua. So therefore, I don't actually represent him. I represent myself. And let's look at uh, Balaam or Balaam. I like to say Balaam because, uh, but Balaam. And how in, in the book of Numbers, and then later you read about him in Revelation 2, and I think chapter 1, uh, or definitely chapter 2, and whatever, um, about how he taught the king of Beor, I believe it was, how to seduce the Israelites. How to, how to bring the cause of, he said, I cannot curse the people because the people are blessed. But all of those riches that he was promised were starting to go away. You know, it's like this guy had promised him a lot of money and uh, part of the kingdom. And, I mean, just great, great, great wealth. And so um, he's looking at these blasted uh you know, Hebrews, in a sense, they're messing up my, my flow. So he's thinking, okay, he's the son of Beor, okay. So um, he's saying to them, to, to the king, uh, to Balak, I can't bless them. I, I can't curse them. Every time I try to open my mouth to say, the blessing of the Lord is so upon these people. And doing the backstory on him, a little history on him, you find that he was, um, he was considered to be a witch, a warlock type of person, or false, like what they would refer to as a psychic. He could, I think it was the corruption of, um, um, that, uh, a corruption of a gift, of an ability, that he could read the signs. But he did them for his own benefit. And so he could look at the patterns I think he was a marketer. He could look at the patterns, the trends of what was going on. And because he knew the he knew enough about the ways of God. He knew that the history, if you will, every predator studies their prey. He knew enough about all these different things to be able to dabble into uh, I can this is the, the face that I need to represent or represent to to bring you in. He was a charlatan. He was he was really very crooked. But because he could read the signs, uh, the the way that I, the study that I, I've done, I think I probably have it with me. Um, because he could read the signs of things, he was able to predict. They're about ready to to uh, they're about ready to fall out. 
you know what, they are so set up, wrath is about to come on them, or, or you know, two more tokes of that, and this sucker going to die. You know, things of this sort. And so what would he do? He'd look at who's angry at the person, and so he's, I can put a curse on them if you want. And, you know, just pay me and stuff. And he's watching. And then he could go ahead and say the things that he wanted to say. And it sounded like he, wow, he put a curse on him and he died. But he didn't. Okay? So what happened? He learned how to, to speak the things that, that, that those that he was in business with wanted to hear. And so what he said to the king, is I can't curse them. He already knew this. He's watching them. They're walking in a manner that is acceptable to what God said. And he says, I can't, I can't curse them. But I can tell you what to do to get them to curse themselves. And what he did is he said, why? Because, this is answering your question, he prayed on their weakness. I know that I cannot entice this person with cigarettes. I cannot entice this person with drugs. I can't entice them away, even with this. But if you put a little, let me go real worldly on them. If you, if you put down some cards and a little Hennessy and a little cleavage, you'll get them. Wow. And what they actually did, when the scripture talks about how he... It, he taught them to, um, let me see if I can find the scripture. They, it said that the women of that place came out, and they came out naked. And they, they would come to, um, you know, I mean, hello. <laughs> These guys are at war, and mama and them are not there. Their wives are not there. What he was teaching them was to compromise. He said, if you can get them to compromise, they'll take it from there. So their wives are not here, but these are some good-looking naked women. And um, it's not going to hurt anything because she's not. it's not like you're going to leave your wife. Let me see. Here's but, but at least, you know, you can scratch your itch. And the next thing you know, these, these were the prostitutes from the temple. And so they would start to get closer and closer and closer until they were involved in the paganistic worship. It wasn't so much, I think, even the sex, but the worship. And they turned on their covenant and turned against it and did these other things. And what happened? They brought a curse upon themselves. Not that God cursed them. But the curse, when you step out of protection, where do you step into? The enemies. The enemies, okay, territory, where you're fair game. A curse, like a flitting sparrow flying around looking for a place to land. A curse without cause cannot come to light. But you give it cause? Cause is a legal term. True, that's true. See, you give it cause, then it will land. And so those are the things that Balaam taught how to entice a people into compromise. Compromise then causes us, um, let me see, causes us to, to uh, 
mess up. I'll just put it that way. So to back to your question. So when an individual still has pockets, valleys, crevices, where compromise is the norm, because in the world it is, your word is as good as the next deal. And whatever it is that you have, and, and, you, and, and this stuff comes into the body. Yes, I received Jesus, but just like Balaam, you know, but I talked to God and I talked to Balaam and I talked to this one and I talked to that one because he channeled, he was a medium, a wizard, a medium, uh, you know, things of that sort. And so that's what he did. So what he said is, I need you, in order for me to defeat anybody, we want to teach them how to, be, to defeat themselves. And then they're just laid out. And you can go and you can take them. You can take them prisoner. You can do, you can cause them to do whatever you want. This is the same way that people have been enticed into drugs or into prostitution or into something. You show them. They, it's the same stuff you're seeing in the government right now. They do that thing called wagging the dog. So that you're supposed to be so busy watching that. You're not paying attention to what else is going on. And you can be robbed, but you don't notice it because you are focused over here. You see what I'm saying? So when you have people inside and that are saying, I do love God and so forth, but that place has never, has never been one that they said to the Holy Spirit, come in here and clean this out too. Come in here and clean this out too. And every time that the word of God challenges it, which it does immediately, there is either an excuse or a pushback. And every single one of us has done that. So what, what we find is, ah, Transparency, not transparency of all of your B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S. That's not it. It's the heart and the hardness that you say, this does not belong to God. I know it doesn't belong to God because there's nothing in my behavior, nothing in my talking, nothing in my um, uh, thinking process that lines up with what he said. Everything that I'm doing is anti him. That's where iron starts to sharpen iron. It's like, let me, let me, you know, and, and it, it's, oh, let me tell you about you. No, no, no. Let me tell you about me and you work with me to get me changed. You tell me about you. Let's go to the word. Let's get this changed. And every once in a while to be like, okay, you know, you got this change, but I can see what this is still trying to capture you. Ah, okay. And let's get rid of that. You see, once you have committed to this thing, to, to this word entering in and changing as opposed to getting a fat head because you know so much and you can tell everybody else what the word says. Tell everybody else what they're supposed to do. Tell you you look like you're a real prayer person and you're this and then you're big phony is what you are. You're phony. You're a hypocrite. And you want to be one. That's what happens. So it's it's really that that's really it. I mean I <laughs> no rocks. That that I'm describing uh what I was. And what I still choose not to be, it's a choice that, that I make because I was all those things. You know, I can say, let, I tell you, let me tell you, you know, forget me. Let's look at you. <laughs> um, there's nothing, there's sheer perfection here. It's you. It's not me. It's you. And, and all that kind of, kind of thing like that. Okay. Okay. Can I ask a follow-up question to that? That is a follow-up question. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, so... First of all, thank you. I mean, because that answers it. So then going on to the, the next phase of it is we as a body, or even the body of Christ for that matter, but I'm just, just going to say this body, this congregation. Um, if 
we can't move forward together. Well, a house divided against itself is going to fall, mm -hmm. right? And like Dr. Baker said last night, I think she said it last night, the enemy destroys from within. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is we've got to deal, we've got to deal with ourselves and be transparent and real with God first about ourselves mm -hmm. and then make it up in our own minds that we are, we are for God and for everyone else in this house mm -hmm. and in the body of Christ, because um, otherwise we can't move forward together. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. The emphasis is no longer on making somebody call, calling somebody else. The emphasis is on calling myself. You see, that's the unity of the faith that we all say the same thing that we all that we all seek after the ways that, that please the Lord, that we all monitor. This is why we talk about how your first dominion is not, it, your, your dominion rule is not over everybody else, it's over yourself. But it's interesting the number of individuals sometimes that didn't realize, hey, I'm not actually exercising dominion rule over myself. And we're out of control. So consider your ways is an excellent wake-up to say, and I think it's meant to be a solution. Let me explain to you why this is not working for you. You're giving and giving and giving, but you're not getting the return. Let's look at what you're doing. Now, when you go to any counseling session, any kind of um, trainer, um, a person that is going to coach you or what have you, the questionnaire is all about what are you doing? What kind of foods do you eat? What kind of exercise? This is a doctor's uh, routine. What kind of food do you eat? What kind of exercise do you do? A trainer will ask you those types of things. When you're working on a job, uh, you know, what kind of things do you know? What, what, where is your great, great, what do you consider to be your strengths and, and all of that type of stuff. There is an assessment that is being done. And then it says, and you came to me because of your finances. You came to me because you have a relationship crisis. You came to me because of these things and the other. Well, when I do counseling, one thing I don't do, I'm not the least bit interested in how awful the other person is, how horrible my husband, my wife, my children, they're this, they're this, they're this. When you come to counsel with me, we don't, I'm not going to counsel them through you. They're not here. You're here. So the topic of conversation is you and the word of God. It's the word of God in you. How much of this do you actually believe? And do not lie and say, I believe the whole Bible. Have you read it? Yeah. And you memorize everything, every precept, every this, every that. No. Okay. Then don't tell me that you believe the whole Bible. And don't even tell me that you believe one page of the Bible. Instead, let's get the Bible to read you, to examine you, and let's find out where you disagree with what God said. Because, see, you could say, I believe, but you don't necessarily agree. And if you don't agree, you don't align. That's true. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. So we do this assessment. And he said, okay. You have, you give, but you don't, I, I, I'm quoting Haggai 1, um, something, verse 3, verse 4, verse 10, somewhere up in there. And he said, you give, but you, you don't harvest. Mm 
It's like you have a bag with holes in it. Your returns, just, you, you never have it. Now, one reason might be you don't earn enough. That you have super expensive taste and you're continually spending in places that you should not, trying to impress you. A lot of people go, oh, you're trying to impress everybody else. Honestly, I, if I'm doing any of that kind of stuff, I'm not trying to impress somebody else. I'm either avoiding something on the inside or I'm trying to impress myself with what I think I deserve. Uh, or it, there's, there's a myriad of reasons, but I was talking about me, you see, in that particular thing. And I tell you, I bought a lot of junk. So it, it was really, even if it was quality, it was still junk. You know, because I was stealing from somebody and I was a thief. Yeah, I'm not going to pay them. I'm going to buy this. And I don't understand why they didn't get paid. Sometimes I still encounter, as I'm coming through this, where I'm short. And it's actually because the, the finance wasn't there. Now, when the finance isn't there, okay, I'll call it. It really isn't there. So what do you do? Well, there's a couple things you do, but the first thing I look at is how much faith have I actually put in God versus my expectation from man. And usually what I'll find is my expectation for man was about here, but my faith level was lower. In fact, it was at ground zero because I didn't even think about it because I knew this was coming. Yep. And so the, the Lord is looking at you like, consider your ways. You're doing everything on a, a, a earth level. You're not letting spirit in, involve, get involved in this mm -hmm. scenario. Which means a lot of us, can, we will see changes. That's We're in that season now. If, if, you know, if, if you all were not people that were interested in this, this is not the conversation we would be having tonight. Not, I'm not going to tell you to be sweet and whatever because I, I don't think it would. But 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 I believe that that you're a group of people that will do something with this. You see what I mean? It's like I'll, I'll flip your question a little bit, Nicole. It's like he told us what to do, and we didn't do it yet. I'm going to get to it. A couple weeks ago. It must have been, what, three, four weeks ago, I stood up, I was doing the morning offering. And I remember saying something along the lines of, uh, we could take oil and change, pour the oil in different places and change the atmosphere. And we could even do something like go to the corner of Trade Zone and Ringwood and pour the oil and prophesy and break the curse of, of this thing that had prohibited people from seeing us or coming in. And I got busy because, you know, we have appointments after service a lot of times and stuff like that. And I actually don't know if I thought somebody was just going to take me up on it and go do it. But um, that's not what happened. And so I thought about it and I brought it up on our team call. I said, you know what? I blew it because I didn't even do anything with that. It came out of my mouth. Sometimes it comes out of your mouth for somebody else to do it. But regardless of whether somebody else does it or not, if they don't do it, you do it. You know, Get her done. Get her done. So it took. Two weeks, three weeks? Two weeks, two weeks ago. I said, you know what? Before I do another thing, 
I'm going to that corner because it kept coming back. So obviously there was something to it. And it was la not this past Sunday, but a week ago from, my, from this past Sunday that myself and the rest, most of the team members, we got the oil and we went and we were like, what do we do? I said, well, only thing I remember saying, he didn't say stand out here and do any strong prayers. and do, You know, I remember saying something just like that. And we went and did it. Now, the response is not on us. That's on the angels. That's on God. But he gave in that moment a solution or at least a step. He's the solution. But if you don't take the step and you still sit there and complain, it makes no sense. But you know what it tells me? It's, it, it, it's like, wow, do you believe what comes out of your mouth? I like the movie, um, oh, whatever it is, uh, Galaxy Quest. I like certain lines from that film because they're just really funny. And one of them, because it's about actors, it was like a Star Trek type of thing, but the actors later years. It's Tim Allen and a whole lot of other people, Sigourney Weaver. And it was, you know, going to another planet. It's, it's just a very old film, but it's about 12, 14, 15, something years old. But Galaxy Quest is a lot of fun. There's a lot of really cool quotes from it. And there's one actor that was like a bit player where these are the old stars that, you know, they don't have a lot of money and the show tainted, but they're still showing up at all those things, you know, to the character. <laughs> yeah, it's like Spock still showing up or whoever, if, if they, well, not him, but, you know, that kind of thing. It was like a campy show. And so these actors are still around. They still dress up like that and they still show up and say their taglines. And so it's just a real fun parody. But there's this one line where the bit actor, he was only in one episode, but he always shows up at these things, you know, like, can I get in on the autograph? I mean, he's just that tight. So there's a lot of Hollywood inside type of jokes. But when they're on an alien planet and all of these different things are coming in, they're speaking out some of the stupidest things. Now, the bit player was also a fan of the show and he's listening to them and then he says, do you guys ever watch the show? <laughs> you know, it's like, this is exactly like episode such and such, and this is what's going to happen. This is the one I died in, you know. And, and, and he's like, so you say you're going to do this, or you say you're going to do No, 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 do you watch the show? Things get bad very quickly, you know, and things like that. And I think to myself, Sometimes when the word of God is being sp spoken, do you guys even hear yourselves? Mm. I'm including myself in that. Did you hear the word of faith? Did you hear your proclamation? Or was it just in passing? Oh, I say this, everybody. Oh, that butter bull say, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we all said it. Then they go, oh, I'll tell you what, my life is just is, I tell you. Uh, it's like, did that is you so true. even listen? Yeah. Did you, what, what, who, who, who was speaking for you? It wasn't you. You said, body, stay here. I'm going potty, okay? Or something like that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what you just shared in terms of that example about what God gave you in terms of that proclamation, then you went back and you did it. 
it, it's like what God has said to us before. And there's a, something in my life where your instructions are as good as the last that he gave you, mm-hmm. which is nothing. You said nothing's happening. Nothing, nothing's going forward until that happens. Mm-hmm. And you can complain and this and that. And so for me in my life recently, he reminded me, well, he's been kind of, you know, nudging me and reminding me, remember this, remember this, you didn't do it yet. I started, but I didn't finish. And it's my breakthrough to get to the next thing. But yet I'm still, I'm still sitting here spinning going, well, how am I going to get to the next thing? How am I going to get to the next thing? How am I going to get to the next thing? He's like, I already told you, do the num- do number one that you don't want to do because in your mind, it doesn't, you don't see the connection, but it doesn't matter. So I'm just saying, anyway, I, 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 I acknowledged it. I spoke to someone about it and said, is it too late? And they said, no, I, I would do it. So I'm going to, um, so thank you for that. But I, I think that's, that's really, and what you just said about, uh, do you, did you just hear what was just spoken? Because I'll catch myself saying something, speaking something and declaring and decreeing and being really powerful. And then like five seconds later, I'll be like, why is this so hard? What's this going to happen? And then the God reminds me when, when you continue to speak it. It's going to happen as you, it's not, number one, it's already done. So it's like, it's a constant reminding and a constant doing until, like you said on whatever day that was, Sunday or Wednesday, about how when that the, it, it, it's the, when the first time you speak it by faith and you believe it, that's when things change yeah. because then it's become real for you. So anyway, thank you. I just had to comment on that. I like that. Anybody else? You got something, sir? Okay. Okay. Well, here's something that the scripture talks about this, okay? And uh, let's see here. Do I have any online comments, Diane? Okay. Yeah. Well, here's James. James has a, a comment on that, not, not Mr. Parker, but <laughs> um, not our Jimmy, but um, in the book of James, chapter one. Uh, let's look at around verse. He says, Wherefore, verse 19, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. He says, For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. But that word, swift to hear, and it, it is a it prompt and readiness is part of it, but it's also having being one that is prone to listen with a readiness to obey. Mm-hmm. This is what he what he's talking about is that God is giving us these quick things. We had on Sunday when our apostle released that word on men, which um, I'm going to speak to the people that are watching us on um, Periscope. You really need to hear, uh, especially men. But the word that was released on our past, just this past Sunday's Biblical Solutions for Life Part 2, the second session, Dr. Baker uh, releases a word to men that brings, uh, that I know, we all know here. This is a global word. It is a word that will, that is already reverberating all over the world, and I believe, and I, I'm not the only one, that as she could, continues to speak this, it brings things into alignment. And the shift that has already taken place in this ministry 
uh, it was so tangible, but it's a freedom word, freedom the way God describes it. And it is a necessary word for every woman that calls herself a woman of God to listen to. There are things that have been out of order and don't sit there and say, oh, I already know because you don't. You need to hear this. And um, I dare to say that to you because the words that were released from this, it was a seasonal word. It's the beginning, at the beginning, the top of 5780, uh, this new year, this Hebrew year. And this was the word of the Lord that was released for this time. And so I'm telling you, not only do you need to hear it, but get as many men and people as you can to hear it, young, young men should uh, listen, because I'll tell you what else it does. It destroys that demonic spirit that wants to confuse the genders, and it brings the clarity, yes. power, oh and love of God into your life to such a degree that you will walk differently, because you will walk with a knowing of who you are. And so that's my recommendation. Uh, but this talking here about... Um, being prompt or ready with a, there's another scripture that talks about with a readiness. Uh, it says to punish your disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. uh, because this is what he's saying, that we have, I believe it, it, it makes a change in the way that we do things in this place from now on. Because what we're saying is, uh, let me see, Second Corinthians is what I was talking about, 10-6. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, let's look at it. This is a really great thing. In Acts 17, 11, it says, there, um, the people were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. This is talking about the Bereans. And searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. So they had a readiness of mind. Um, you'll see this on a slide. You know this, right? Okay. A readiness of mind to search the scriptures to, to go to the word, to see the truth of the word, and to align themselves with it. This is what he's talking about in this particular one, that the ones, the, the, the brethren that went with us at Paul and Silas by night into Berea, who coming went into the synagogue of the Jews, who were more noble uh, than those, it says in Thessalonica, uh, that word there, it means high in rank, and they were generous, um, in that they receive the word with all readiness of mind. Can you see that's a generous receiver? Somebody that wants to hear this word for the life-changing properties of it and then allow the spirit of the Lord to show them how to change instead of the old way. I got it, I got it from here, Jesus. I'll take it. And I'll just change the way I think you mean, which means I won't change. I'll do a few things differently, but my heart will stay the same. When I heard the message on, on, on compromise, when I, uh, as I, I've said this before, but when I recognized that I was very much like King Saul, in that I had my own definition of how to obey God. And so I'm being told to do certain things, and I'm like, okay, I'll do that, but I didn't do it. I did what I believed was the right way to do it. I get specific instructions and change them because the instructions were inconvenient. 
I don't have this. You know, you're taught in recipes and cooking to make substitutions. When you don't have this, then use this. When you don't have this, to use this. But see, God doesn't work that way. He equips you with what you need. And if you lack something, he says, ask me and I'll provide it. So he says, so therefore you're, uh, you have no excuse. Well, you know, there was nobody there to put me in the water, but Jesus is right here to heal you anyway. Oh, well, yeah, but uh, still nobody chuckling in the water. You know, I was expecting my healing to come by falling in the water. Ain't nobody put me in the water. He said, will you be made whole? Well, you don't understand that. See, I, I, I've been here for 27 years. Wait, what, what, that 27 years, your time has come. Do you want it or not? Well, I'm not actually mentally prepared for it because <laughs> I've been so used to being in bondage. I, nobody, I didn't never thought about coming out of it. Think about it. I think that's even connected to your question earlier. I've been used to being in bondage. So I'm saved. You mean I get to be free too? I don't know what I could do with all that freedom. There might be a little, ooh, that's a little, that's a little, it's rich. It's rich. That freedom is rich. Uh, you know, I can't take too much rich stuff. You get a little indigestion here. And, and so, go ahead, sweetie. I just want to ask you what, 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 you said Acts, I didn't catch what you Acts said. Acts chapter 17. 17? Okay. Acts 17. Thank mm -hmm. you. So, can you see that? So, having a readiness of mind. And let's 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 deal with this again. Uh, this is so much fun. We're getting a preview of Sunday <laughs> because let's, I, I have to. I look at this and I'm like, let's dive into this one. They received the word with all readiness to change, readiness of mind. Oh God, I'm going to use that. Okay. Um, here it says with a predisposition to change. I'm ready before you get here. When you get here, it's going to be gone because I'm, I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I was ready before you got here. I got ready, getting ready. I was ready before I got ready. I was ready on my way. I've been ready. These are the people, you see this in healing um, schools and things, that there are some that you, I mean, my gosh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It feels like it's a struggle. Okay, you, you just recognize, okay, I can perceive you have no faith, so we will use mine, but y'all trying to drain it too. You know, like, you know, and, and no, 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 you're not taking my faith. I do believe, but but then I realize it's, you don't want it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Do you want it? I, well, you know, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll come back. You think on it. Because, well, I, 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 uh, I do. But now you've all heard the stories of, but if I get healed, then I have to come off a disability. <laughs> That's true. You do. Because you're not going to be disabled anymore. Thinking about life without a disability check. Thinking about life without a wheelchair. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. Life without medication. I heard one testimony. This woman, after she got healed of Parkinson's, and she said, you know, we
we've been paying $200 a month out of pocket for the medication that I had to take. Do you know what we're going to be doing with that money? <laughs> I tell you what. I heard this. I read it. It was in a book I was reading. She said, I tell you what. We ain't going to go over it. She, I'm going to first, uh, I'm going to go and hold my grandchildren because she, mm. the trembling. She couldn't. Wow. I'm going to go hold those sweet babies, she said. And $200 a month, me and daddy going to have us a time. To tell you. <laughs> that was pretty much the spirit of how she said it, right? Because she thought of freedom. Yes. She thought of life being free. But other people, they think it's, it's, it's like, oh, I, I've been in darkness so long. Please don't turn on the light. A readiness of mind versus a parcel of excuses. Some people don't want it. The Bible says that Jesus said, uh, the, Bible, the Bible says that Jesus couldn't do works in Nazareth because many works because of their unbelief. Well, Jesus had the faith for it. So I believe that, I, I'm thinking that because of their unbelief also spoke to their unwillingness to move into the fullness of the change. I only want enough to say I had it. We've encountered that in some times when we do the bloodline types of appointments. They don't want it. They want us to do all the work, but they don't want to do the work. That's their part to do. We're not going home with you to go and contend with this, that, and the other. It's easier to cope with, cope with, um, the situations of your life if you don't rock the boat. I, I don't want any trouble. I just want peace. Well, they want the world's peace. They don't want God's peace. His peace has a sword and a sh it's a shield. But when it's finished, there's truly peace because all of the demonic has been removed from the sea. Mm -hmm. But most people, they're talking about, I just want to learn how to coexist peacefully with the demons and maybe have them point them towards somebody else and then they'll leave me alone. So I guess it just, it's kind of that. But here, they had a readiness of mind. And so then it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 11, perform the doing. Uh, let me go there. It says, um, he said, I, I tell you this, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, this is talking about giving, I think, um, that he said, uh, now therefore perform the doing that as a readiness to will, so a performance also out of that which you have. If you're ready, if you have a readiness to give, then you're going to perform at a higher level. How about that? If I have a readiness to step into uh, a commit or a commitment, he says your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. That's what he says. And then he says this. I thought this was me. The heart regulates the hands. But honestly, um, what he's telling us is where you have a readiness to will. I'm willing to be willing. That's what this is saying. A readiness to will, a mind um, again, that's the same word, a predisposition of forwardness of mind. 
It is a zeal, an eagerness, an inclination. I want to do this. I'm, I, you know, this, this is your participation in your freedom. This is the thing that says I'm teachable and I'm coachable. And you know what? It may slap me in the face, but I'm not going to even flinch from it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Um, I'll quote another film. My favorite out of them all was Rocky Three. And that was the one that introduced Mr. T as Clubber Lane. And he, uh, the Rocky character was all messed up and they go through all of those things. But it was at the end, the last fight, Ooh, when he yes. got his fight back. And Mr. T is hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. And let's admit, I had a crush on Sylvester Stallone for quite a while. Yes. Too. Okay, hello. So, um, but he said these words, ain't so bad. Yep. Ain't so bad. Ain't so every hit ain't so bad. Why? A readiness of mind. You throw yours at me, but I've got one coming for you. And it's going to, it's the, now that's the end game. That's it. Do you understand? So a readiness of mind or a readiness of will to conquer the things that appear to be unconquerable. Understanding that this word that God spoke that this word that we that we have this treasure that is here is the word that changes the the it changes the outcome it really does change the outcome and so whatever the devil was throwing we're like but we get final say because what we understand that you don't want us to is that for all of your craziness and all of the things that you're doing, you belong under our feet. And that's where we will put you. Do you see? Yeah. How? In our own strength? Are you kidding? No. This word of God is my strength. This joy of the Lord is my strength. The peace of God is my strength. The truth of his word, the presence of the spirit, the partnership with the angels, the blood of Jesus. And it goes on and on. Our arsenal is phenomenal, is, is, is uh, amazing, is outstanding, is uh, innumerable. I mean, again, this is what really set me into understanding something. When the Bible says that God believes his own word and has faith in his word. And then he said, you know, if God be for you, who can be against you? And then you start looking at, well, if God is for me, then that means Jesus is for me. And if Jesus is for me, then Holy Spirit is obviously for me. Now, not only is Holy Spirit, the Father, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for me, but every angel that works with them is for me. And whereas there's a third of the demons or the spirits that fell and it was a specific number of at the at that particular time but in heaven the bible says there's an innumerable company of angels whereas there's only a third of the demonic now if i got god and jesus and holy spirit for me and i got all the angels for me and then i got the the cloud of witnesses that are for me, and then I got the word that is for me, and then I got the blood of Jesus that's before me. There really are many more for us than there are against us. Yeah, that's good. And all they're waiting for is us to speak. That's good. You feel it in the air. 
So, a readiness to will, to, yeah, 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 let me, give it, give it, give it to me, give it, give it, what you got, what you got, what you got, what you got. It's not that ain't so bad, it's like, this is good, 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 ooh, that hurt, yeah, that hurt, why that hurt? He stepped on my corn right there, because that's one of the things I kept, okay, gonna let that out, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get rid of that, why? Because, because if, if I hold on to this, I don't get all of this. If I hold on to this sin that so easily besets me, if I hold on to the offense, if I hold on to the rejection, if I hold on to the wrong image, if I hold on to the distortion, if I nurture the wrong thought over and over and over and over, this ugly little baby that nobody wants, I'm missing out on everything of the kingdom. For what? For a demon. I mean, if you really look at it, I... I'll gladly give up the, the riches and the this and all this stuff for the demon. That's your final choice. When you look at it that way, it's like, and that's what we do here. We shine the light to show you. This is really, when you boil it down, this unforgiveness. Every time somebody is goofy enough to speak for the demons and say, but you just don't understand. It's like, oh, I understand. But you just don't place value on yourself and on what God has said. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 6, this is probably going to be our, our last one as we start to wind it up. He says here, another readiness, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now I brought that up because that's how I felt when I started recognizing the compromise. And when that, that hit me, man, it hit me in the face. I, I don't know. I, I think a two by four is a piece of wood, right? And it would be something that you build a fence with. So nobody's ever going to hit me with one of those. True. But I have walked into things like that. It didn't hit me, but I sure hit it. And it wasn't a good collision. Okay. So I've been on a collision course with immovable objects. And it's not pleasant. But it was a wake-up call. It was like... I truly, truly, truly was in ignorance, had a darkened understanding of my behavior and of how come it dislodged, those, it, it prohibited me from walking in blessing. And so what happened, remember, I, I've shared this with you all, that the Lord has said to me, eat an apple every day, an apple, eat an apple every day. I mean, it was just one of those things I woke up with, you need to eat an apple every day. And for whatever reason, I said, okay, I like apples, but uh, an apple every day. Okay, I'll eat an apple every day. And I, I have, what was that, three, six months? Three to six months. I think it was about six months. I'm, I, I don't recall the period of time. But it was over this period of time that I had an apple every day. The only days I didn't was because I couldn't get to one. But it wasn't that I was ignoring it. You know, I had these little apples or whatever, not really, but I mean, I, I was loving my apples. I was known in my little grocery store. Because I went in every Monday to get <laughs> new packs of apples. And the guy was waiting for me to produce the part. We got these, oh, the pink ones, oh, this, oh, that, you know. So an apple every day. And then came that realization, some six months or whatever it was down the line, that I was in deep compromise. I didn't know that the apples represented the grace of God. 
that my obedience to eat the apples was the one thing that they could testify about me in the courts of heaven. She is obeying in this. Because um, I remember telling my team, and I've mentioned this to you all, I was scared during that period of time. I thought I was going to die. I felt like I was going to die. I felt like something was trying to kill me, and it was. But God, in wisdom, had said, eat an apple, and I obeyed it, and it spoke for me. Don't you ever think God is not looking for ways to work in our lives to bring us out of a mess? And even if it's something as simple as an apple, you understand? Now, when he gives me, okay, do this or do that or the other, it's not from that place of compromise. But what happens is when I saw it, when I saw what Balaam did, when I saw um, what uh, King Saul had done, and I realized, and, and the Bible said, therefore, you have been rejected as king. And I was set up to lose everything. And I, I will say this. You see, for me, what I do in ministry is not a title. This is life for me. I love what I do. I don't know how to do anything else. I'm not telling you I can't type or I can't do this. This is what I do. I live and breathe this. This is, this is, this is what I do. This is my passion, okay, to be able to help people or to be able to speak the word or to write it or however it is that I deliver it and then to pray with people and to see the demolishing of darkness in their lives. But I was being a hypocrite. Well, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I think it is, Paul said, here I am preaching. I don't want my, my life story to be. Here she preached to everybody else the delivering message of the Lord Jesus Christ, but she herself was cast off as a hypocrite. Because she never obeyed the word. She preached the word, but she did not obey the word. I don't want that. That's surface. That's, that's a form of godliness, but the power of a changed life, the power of grace to change us, to, to, to allow us to overcome and to win the battle. That's why I'm not struggling anymore. I really don't struggle with this stuff anymore. I'm learning different ways of taking my victory, but I don't struggle. You see? And now I'm looking at, okay, here's what, consider your ways financially. Consider your ways here. Where do you fall down? Because sometimes what it is, I missed an appointment or I failed to do this or I failed to do that. And I'm looking at this thing, so, okay, we're going to change this. Um, I'm considering the ways. And I realize it's like you don't have the, the great harvest because you didn't speak the great harvest. Has it started happening? Absolutely. Things have changed. But these are the thoughts these are the words that had come that because of apples or because of um, the realization of this word that you simply say, I won't be this person that misses this. There are days that it's like, I don't think I've really heard him speak. So I'll go find his conversation. You go find it. Sometimes, you know, it's like, I don't read enough or I don't do this enough. It's like, okay, then just start. Don't waste Two hours sitting there in a heap talking about, oh, I'm just awful because I don't do. Well, shut up. Go do it. Just go do it. Don't waste the time talking in the drama. Cut the drama. Do the work. And, and it yeah. redeems the time. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. This is who we are. And so as we consider, he says, consider our ways. It's like, okay, show me. what. Oh, that's awful. Oh, no, no, no. Do you want to mm -mm, throw that out? Throw that out. It's like, 
It's like saving a bunch of clothes that you just couldn't wait to wear. And then you start pulling them out. Going, I don't want to wear this cheap, ugly stuff. This is awful. <laughs> Why did I ever think this was cute? You know, and it, it's, it's decades old, but it was never, it wasn't good looking in its time. You know, it's like, why, 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 well, I, you were saving, I was, I've been hoarding this, I've been hoarding this, and the moms have eaten it, and the rust has gotten it, and all of this other kind of stuff. So, you know, the, this is what I'm saying, but here he's saying, a readiness to revenge, all disobedience, and it's like, you better believe it, this is it, is this where we get the sword, is this where we get to, is this where our theme music starts to play? You know, something. Well, that's how I think. So, but I, my theme music is, is cute. And there, and, and my, you know, my fellow uh, warriors, the angels, you know, were there. I was like, can I wear something really cool here? You know, and I've seen my battle gear. It's very nice. It's like, oh, okay, I like this. It's good, you know. And you go in and you get up. What is it? This is the takedown. <laughs> Some people say, oh, so this is not good. So do that. I feel like, oh, oh. <laughs> riding on the back of an angel's wings or whatever. Come on, dude. What let's take it. Let's take it. Let's do it. Do you understand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a readiness to revenge on disobedience. He's letting me participate in getting rid of the spirits of disobedience mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. This is all why we, we minister this word. This is why. It is so that we can do these things. Not so we can. It's such a good Bible study. Yes. I highlighted at least eight passages in my Bible tonight. I can't wait until we do more with it. It's just so innovating. Well, did you learn? I learned so much. And what will you do with it? Well, I will write it in my journal. How are you going to use it? Oh, we don't use it. We just learn. Those things are over. Mm -hmm. This is the word that changes us. Mm -hmm. And honey, when we're changed, look at atmosphere changes. What changes the atmosphere? The word of God coming from the inside where the kingdom of God resides. So the word of the king changing the inside of the temple, the vessel, pure words come out of our mouths. The more we let this happen, the purer our delivery, the more powerful, the more accurate, the more deadly it is to the demons. It was so cool. Dr. Baker was praying the other day and she was talking about what would the poison be that, you know, to, to take down the demonic. And the answer is simple. The blood of Jesus is deadly to the demonic. It's life to us. But it is deadly to maggots and any kind of any anything that is anti-God. It is deadly to sickness and disease. It is deadly to um, uh, dangers coming. It, it, it draws a line that they cannot cross. It's because it resonates covenant and power, and it says, it's not just me saying the blood of Jesus, but it is the covenant that Jesus made with his father 
that caused the spilling of the pouring out of his blood as well as on the mercies. What's the mercy seat? This covenant is set. When they call upon the power of my blood, they release the power of heaven, the covenant, the agreement, the, the sakes of the yes, the invitation to heaven to become involved in the affairs of mankind. So those are the things that we're saying tonight, and uh, pretty good considering we didn't have a script <laughs> or any notes. He's awesome the yes, way he is. that, and, and Holy Spirit, I thank you because I got to be a student tonight. And thank you for the insights into Sunday. Part one, Biblical Solutions for Thank you for all of this. Um, we're going to end. Does anybody have any questions? Do you have any online questions or any of that before we go? Mm -hmm. No questions. No questions? No comments? Minister Al, do you have anything to say? Or Mother Helen? Sharon or anybody? I have one thing. She today. missed the mic. Okay. One moment, please. It involved the victory. It was interesting because tonight I watched it to the end, but almost at the very end, the women got together and they were taking over the show. And it was like Jesse DePlanet's wife was saying, she said, we women are going to be dominating. And then she quickly said, I don't mean domineering. I mean dominating. And I was a little puzzled by that. In fact, the first time I heard it in the afternoon, I turned it off. Mm -hmm. But then when I turned it on again, they showed it again. Mm -hmm. So what does that actually mean? Dr. Baker actually gave us a very awesome example. She is a strong woman. Yeah. She's not a man. Yeah. So a, a dominating woman is a woman that walks in authority and power. A domineering woman is a um, crusher. Okay. She's somebody that controls. Okay. But a dominating woman, dominate comes from the word dominion. It's a woman that exercises her dominion authority. Okay. And so Dr. Baker is, I think, in a supreme example. She is a strong woman. Yeah. She's not supposed to... Um, pretend not to be strong in order to stroke the ego of a man or another woman for that matter. Mm -hmm. But um, but she's not a man and she doesn't try to be a man. Mm -hmm. In fact, she welcomes the strength of a man and it's her strength as a woman, a, a woman of authority that um, works alongside of the strong man because then it's one mind, the mind of Christ. Walking together in power. Yes. Yeah. We are dominating. We are to be that. We're in our own domain. I'm not a dominating woman in anybody else's metron. But don't come in and try to take mine. Because then you'll find out that was a mistake. Oh, yeah. That's basically what they're saying. Okay. You know. It's, it's not trying to be tough. It's not trying to be. It's simply being who you are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Anybody else? Okay. Well, 
Yeah, I'm going to stay on time. So that's it. Nothing there? Okay. We have more, and I'll try to leave room for questions on Sunday as well. Um, Lord, we thank you for this tonight. Thank you for truth. Thank you for, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being our teacher. Thank you for the ways that you bless us tonight. Thank you for the opening of our understanding. I thank you for new spies. <laughs> I thank you for those things working in my own heart, resonating in me, pointing out areas, considering my ways, ways where I refuse to allow compromise to have place, things that need to be corrected. You bring us this word. You bring us your truth and your presence to say, if you're willing to be obedient, then I will show you what to do. I thank you that we took words tonight having a readiness of mind to obey you and that the, even the things where we had let it slip, that we now watch the show. <laughs> we now listen to what you're saying through us. We now Hearken to the voice of the Lord and obey what you said. Oh, I thank you that you've made changes in us. And I thank you for the people that are gathered under the sound of my voice tonight. That this means that marriages are blessed and businesses are blessed and different types of covenant relationships will walk in the blessing of the Lord and that the teachings of Balaam or the teachings of the Nicolaitans to try to blend in with those that don't even believe in you, that those are not the direction that our lives go, but that this truth, this knowledge, this relationship with you in your, through your word and with your presence allows us to not only become intimately acquainted and changed by your word, but it allows your, us to speak your word to bring change in this, in this nation to bring change when we speak the prayers and, and, and that you want to pray, as you told us at 5 a.m. this morning, to speak what you want to say. Not to tell you what we want, but to desire, to let your heart to desire be the, the beacon of light that, that shines from us and your heart's desire being the words that are impressed upon our heart and come out of our mouths. And we understand that that is such a privilege to, to be able to articulate the heart of God in the earth and to, to say, let it be so, so that your love for your creation, for your mankind can manifest in ways that deliver nations out of the snares of darkness and annihilate, demolish, and crush the prince of this world, and his followers. So we thank you for what you have spoken. And we thank you that this word will work in us as we sleep, as we rise up, as we go to and fro. And that even in the morning, there is change, resolve, readiness, determination, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That we'll start even just the beginnings of it to recognize the power that we have. 
in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you to those of you that are uh, watching us on Periscope or on the rebroadcast. We're receiving the tithes, the offerings, the gifts, the seeds, the trades, all of those different things. You know, it's funny because sometimes we'll have this hour and hour and a half, hour and a half whatever, and I feel like, golly, I just got started, and now i got stuff to tell you, but we'll tell you on Sunday. So join us on Sunday for Biblical Solutions for Life. 9.45, I have the honor of teaching, and at 11.45, dude, that's when Dr. Baker comes, and you're really going to want to hear what has to be said. And, and um, I say that for both sessions, as well as everything else that happens, because we have Minister Dury come, and different people talk, and it's just... This place is the place to be. You know that? I mean, this is a place that is life-changing. And so we invite you and welcome you to come and join us, whether you do it online or you come to 1914 Trade Boulevard in San Jose, California, 95131. Um, next time, I'll even give you the address for Brooklyn because they watch there, too. And if you're in that area, you can join um, with... Frederick and Patricia Johnson and Carlita Lewis and all the others that gather together uh, in that place. And so we'll have to start telling you about that, too. Meanwhile, thank you so much for joining us. The Lord does bless you and keep you. The Lord has made his cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord has brought increase into the seeds because we seek the kingdom of God first. We're seeing increase in, in the word and, and through the word increase in our finances and in our health and in our uh, relationships and in this ministry and everywhere else. So we release that same blessing to you. Push that donate button. Feel free to give. We invite you to be a part of this and we release the impartation for more for increase to, into you as well as in this house. So I thank you so much for that. Um, I think that was it. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, telling you good night, and thank you so much for joining us. Good night.